Welcome to The Mothers, a podcast that centers the voices of women from across America whose children were killed by police. I'm independent journalist Georgia Ford. And I'm Nico Georgiatis from Unicorn Riot. Unicorn Riot. If Archie Elliott don't get it, if Archie Elliott don't Before getting started, we wanted to share a little bit of what to expect in this series. This series will be 10 episodes and will include the stories of mothers who we've interviewed over the last few years. When talking to the mothers, we saw a lot of similarities from the mother's stories. Mm -hmm. We saw a lot of uh, the narrative would come out uh, from the police or from the corporate news, and that would never be adjusted in the media. The narrative would always demonize uh, the victim. And with those similarities also, we saw a lot of residual effects from these mothers when we're talking to them. You could hear and feel their pain that they're going through and and the pain of their family members. You know, now after George Floyd, I think our country is prepared to have a conversation about what truly needs to happen in police departments all across this country so that everybody can feel safe. And when wrongdoing happens, when misconduct happens, that someone is held accountable. Is held accountable. We are in need. If Archie Elliott don't get it, if Archie Elliott don't get it, if Archie Elliott don't get it, shut it down. My name is Dorothy Cop Elliott. My son was 24 years old when he was killed. That was the voice of Dorothy Cop Elliott. She's a school teacher and the mother of Archie Elliott III. She spoke to us about her son who was fatally shot 14 times by Prince George's County police officers Wayne Cheney and Jason Leavitt after he was pulled over in 1993. Now, according to reports, Archie was sitting in the front seat of the squad car with his hands cuffed behind his back. Police say he had a gun and pointed it at them. He was almost home when he was stopped by one of the District Heights Maryland municipal police officers. He was pulled over because my son was driving erratically, according to the officer. My son complied with the officer, did everything that he was told to do. He was inebriated, and he had worked on a construction job that day and had driven about 66 miles from Virginia, and he was near home when he was pulled over. Uh, He was placed on the curb, sitting in the heat for a very long time, and backup came. Backup had a ride along with him, and as this backup was Wayne Cheney of the Prince George's County Police Department in Maryland, and they alleged that my son was pointing a handgun at them with his hands behind his back, sitting in the front seat of a police cruiser. And the cruiser had dark tinted windows. The chief of police of Prince George's County, Maryland said that would not have fit their criteria. Even the search done by the police officer would not fit their criteria. But what does it take to search a tall, thin young man weighing only 165 pounds, six feet one, and 
with his hands behind his back. There was no reason in the world for them to take my son's life in order to preserve theirs. And he had told the first officer that all he wanted to do was to go home and just go to sleep. And I know for a fact that that's what he usually does when he's worked all day in the heat. He'd come home and just lie on the floor without taking his clothes off. And I'd say, Artie, why don't you get in bed and take your clothes off and go to bed? He said, no, Mom, I'm tired. I just don't feel like doing it now. But when they fired those 22 shots at my son, you could see the huge bullet holes in the cruiser. And my son's body had huge bullet holes in it also because my nephew and my sister went to the funeral home and they actually took a lot of pictures and my nephew seems to think that it was more than 14 shots that struck my son and and we protested for 22 consecutive Wednesdays at the courthouse in Upper Marlboro trying to get the current state's attorney to reopen the case. We also did a two-day march to Annapolis, Maryland to get Glenn Denon to reopen the case. But we've had a long struggle, and in the beginning, my family and I would go to the site where he was killed, and we would have what we call prayer visuals, and the media would come and question us, and Judge Elliott, who is my son's father, who resides in Portsmouth, Virginia, would come up, and we immediately start canvassing the area to see if people witness what happened. And this was the 18th of June, and July 4th was right around the corner. So people thought what they heard were firecrackers, but they saw the yellow tape much later and realized what had happened. I'm told that my son did not get medical attention, even though a fire station with the ambulance was nearby, but people said it took them a long time to come. And when they opened the door of that cruiser, my son, and, and he was seat belted in, hands behind his back, he fell out of the cruiser after they unbuckled the seat belt, and no one saw a weapon at all. The people who were around, the police officers, took them to the station that same night. It took them seven months to do their so-called investigation. Archie, who was the son of a district court judge for Virginia, had only a pair of shorts on and had been searched prior to be putting into the squad car. When Archie died, his hands were still cuffed behind his back. All officers involved were cleared of any wrongdoing. In 2021, Archie's case was re-examined by Principal Deputy State's Attorney Jason Abbott. He told local media in Maryland that they came to the same conclusion as previous state's attorneys, that they didn't have sufficient evidence to indict any of the officers. A spokesperson with the state's attorney's office said several of the files in Archie's case were misplaced prior to the new state's attorney coming into office. Now, when it comes to Archie's case, there's a case that's super similar to it. Yeah, it's kind of eerie, actually. A lot of similar details. In January 2020, a similar case, also in Prince George's County, where police shot and killed a man by the name of William Green while he was also inside a squad car. But the outcome in this case, much different. 
Owen is the first police officer charged with murder and awaiting trial. He pleaded not guilty. The county also gave Green's family a $20 million settlement. So in this case, we're seeing some accountability. We're seeing some justice for the family, which it brought up a lot for Archie's mother. Take a listen at what she had to say uh, when we asked her about this case. And there was a case very recently, just about a year ago, where the young man was handcuffed and placed in the front seat of a cruise simply because he had hit a couple of cars and the police were on the scene at the time. They put this man in the front seat of the cruise, handcuffed, and an officer got in the front seat with him and shot him six or seven times. And the police officer tried to bring all kinds of charges against that man. But it was a lady whose car that was hit. She videotaped it. And and the attorneys for William Green, that was the name of the young man, he was 43, I believe. And she said, I have evidence that it didn't happen that way. And you know the chief of police and the uh, county executive came out and said, well, you know, we're going to charge the police officer. And they did charge him, and he's still in jail now. One thing that really hindered our case, I believe, was the death of our attorney, who was well known in the area. And uh, when he looked at the pictures of my son's body, he said, well, he actually asked me to go out of the room so that my nephew and he could look at them. And he was visibly shaken when I came back. He said, these officers are not only going to get some jail time, they're going to get kicked off the force. So the big blow came about a year and a half after my son passed and Mr. Mundy died. So we tried to get other legal counsel at the time. And they said, well, they just have to start all over again. And that meant a big delay. So we decided to continue with Mr. Mundy's uh, firm. And, and that attorney was not equipped to take care of our son's case. After seven months, there were no indictments. One of the officers killed again 20 months later. He was the only one on the scene that fired one shot and no indictment in that case either. So I said that Prince George's County is going to remember the name of Archie Elliott III. And it means a lot to have the support of the mothers and fathers. I'm glad fathers are getting involved more so, and the siblings too, because we need that. We need to have strong men supporting us, and, and we support them as well. So. I'm looking forward to changes, and if there's anything that I can do to promote that change, whether it's protesting, writing letters to uh, the state's attorney, or having meetings with them. We did have a meeting with the newest state's attorney, and she says, unless you find more evidence, then she would look at the case. But as of now, there's not enough evidence to reopen the case. So that's where we stand. And and I believe that was a terrible travesty of justice. Before we hear more from Dorothy, one thing we haven't mentioned yet is that in each episode of the Mother's Podcast, you're going to hear an original song by MC Longshot with production by DJ Skiz. Here's that artistic duo working together for the first time with the song called No Cover Up. No Cover Up. It's for Archie Elliott III. Forever Uh, No cover up, please, no cover up 
No cover up, please, no cover up. Kill him off again, making up a bunch of stuff. So, no cover up, please, no cover up. No cover up, please, no cover up. No cover up, please, no cover up. Disrespect again when you lie and change it up. So, no cover up, please, no cover up. No. Don't talk to us about qualified immunity When all the police do is come through And rip communities, the pain is insurmountable Please hold them accountable Cause all we see is killing set free Receiving bountiful Heaps of love and praise We gotta keep alive the slave With the work that we do to beat the bogus guys that stay To uphold racist laws Waste them all with abolishment We did it once with slavery Now do it with the cops And then let's stop the moms from crying Law make us from lying Cause the cause ain't lost If we all are truly trying It's for Archie E the third forever heard for Ever seen forever, living on through the way we all live out our dreams, and it seems we won't see it, but the change begins with us. Unified souls banding together to raise them up. Generations coming after education is master. Your imagination is the only thing I'm trying to capture. No cover up, please, no cover up. No cover up, please, no cover up. Kill them off again, making up a bunch of stuff. So, no cover up, please, no cover up. No cover up, please, no cover up. No cover up, please, no cover up. Disrespect again when you lie and change it up. So, no cover up, please, no cover up. I'm trying to feel the loss of pain. I'm trying to feel the loss of pain. It's time for change. I'm trying to feel the loss of pain. I'm trying to feel the loss of pain. It's time for change. I'm trying to feel the loss of pain. I'm trying to feel the loss of pain. It's time for change. I'm trying to feel the loss of pain. I'm trying to feel the loss of pain. Listening to the mothers with Dorothy Cop Elliott, whose son was killed in 1993 by police in Prince George's County, Maryland. We're still going through our fourth county executive to try to get them to reopen the case and to try to get rid of some of these no good elected officials who seem to be favoring F- the FOP or police officers. And as Judge Elliott said, the police do a horrible job of policing themselves. And that's why they have a consent decree that lasts at least five years. I think that was about five years ago when they had it. But Prince George's County was notorious for killing black males. And it hasn't stopped. It's nationwide, it's citywide. So, you know, it goes on and on. And when we went to the uh, visual where Cordell 
Handy was killed and the names were being read. It was so chilling. I don't know where those names came from, but I said I could add at least 10 names on a list that we have for Prince George's County. And, and it needs to stop. Police officers need to be held accountable. And I'm told that if you're so afraid of black people, why are you on the force? And I think a lot of them have the mentality that nothing is going to happen to them, so they're free to do whatever they want to do. And that's not right. And I, I think more and more people are seeing that changes need to come about because who wants to lose a loved one? I mean, it just comes out of the blue. And I had no idea that fate would have happened the way it did to my son. And I just see his smile all the time and I talk to him and on the day of his death, for the last couple of years, I said, I'm going to mourn, I'm going to cry if I have to, but I'm going to keep moving. And he died a day before my birthday. I often wondered how I would feel when I saw the officers who killed my son. They did not release the names immediately, never saw a picture of them, but I willingly gave my son's pictures and said he's not a statistic. He lived for 24 years and what happened to him should not have happened. And, and I have spoken all over on Capitol Hill at least two or three times. Amnesty International sent me to Durban, South Africa for the World Conference on Racism. And I spoke many, at many forums there. And CNN covered it extensively. And I don't know what it's going to take to bring about change. And maybe the fact that George Floyd's death was the catalyst that's going to bring about change. And there's such reluctancy and trying to do anything to curb violence concerning police officers. And I know they cover up. And that was one of the things I said shortly after my son was killed. I said, I want you to do a thorough investigation and no cover-up, no cover-up. And those words just came out because I felt it was necessary to say it. Dorothy Elliott is turning her pain into power while keeping her son's legacy alive. I started a scholarship fund for my son, and memory is called the Archie Elliott III Scholarship Fund, and it didn't grow like I wanted it to. Usually when I go around and speak, sometimes I would ask for a donation, and sometimes I, I didn't. So uh, it took a long time, but I just awarded close to uh, $10,000 to five students who are going to attend HBCUs. That's one of the requirements for it. Meanwhile, Archie's mother has been pushing for police accountability since 1993 and has joined up with the Coalition of Concerned Mothers. She's collected nearly 5,000 signatures needed before she turns a petition into the state attorney seeking to reopen her son's case. Thank you for listening to the Mother's Podcast. You can find all of the episodes at unicornriot.ninja forward slash the mothers. And to find out more about my work as an independent journalist, head over to my website, georgiafort.com. And you can follow my work, Nico Georgiatis, at Mr. Nico G on social media and nicog.work. Audio recording and engineering by Malcolm Wells. You can find my work at stonywells.com and at stonywells on social media, S-T-O-N-Y-W-E-L-L-Z. What up? This is Longshot. 
and I provided the raps for the Mother's Podcast. You can support me and my work at mclongshot.com. Peace. My name is Tariq Thornton. I help edit and produce along with DJ Skiz for Different Worlds Music Group. Peace. My name is DJ Skiz. I made all the beats as well as did the mixing and editing of the Mother's Podcast. You can check me out on social media at DJ Skiz, D-J-S-K-I-Z-Z, or at DJSkizBeats.com. You could also follow Unicorn Riot across social media platforms and find our work at UnicornRiot.Ninja. Unicorn Riot is a 501c3 educational nonprofit media organization dedicated to engaging and amplifying the stories of social and environmental struggles from the ground up. Support our work at UnicornRiot.Ninja slash donate. Part of the funding for this podcast is made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council, thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.